0: Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. I can honestly say I work with the best people in the world. So wonderful to have you all here. And I serve the best people in the world, all over the world, wherever you happen to be. But our meditation song begs the question, what does it take for each and every one of us to know ourselves as a blessing to the world? It seems like an audacious question. It could even be conceived as a narcissistic question. Who am I to be a blessing to the world? Who am I to be the heart and the hands of spirit on earth? Well, who are you not to be? That's why we are engaged in this series of seven talks on vibrant and victorious living, setting ourselves free to be our best selves. Because in this process, it is leading us into a period of discovery of what it is that is the truth about us as opposed to what it is that might be a limiting thought or belief that prevents us from being the full expression of spirit on earth. And that's why I've been saying in this series that we must know the facts of the matter so that we can apply the truth, capital T truth of the matter, the capital T truth that each one of us is indeed an individualized expression of the magnificence of the universe. And so we have to do that great look within and see what might be in there that we need to release and let go What are the negatives we might want to eliminate so that we might accentuate the positives? So in this series, we're looking at a a series of seven different polarities that will help us to live a vibrant and victorious life. And if you were with us last week, or even if you weren't, then you can still find Reverend Ron's message about the polarity of wisdom and ignorance one of the greatest experiences of my life in ministry is when I hear that a guest speaker or another staff member or somebody really pulled one out of the hat, and the feedback that people have shared about Reverend Ron's talk last week is really pretty awesome. So if you missed it, please go to the video archives on the website and take a look. He knocked it out of the ballpark. But I want to move on to today's polarity of fear and curiosity. I want to thank Ms. Wolf and the Unity Animal School for setting us up brilliantly. You know, they say, whoever they are, that fear, F E A R, is actually an acronym for false evidence appearing real. But I've also heard it mean forget everything and run. So that's what a lot of us do often, isn't it, when we experience fear. We're like, I forget my truth principles. I'm out of here. That's an open door if anybody needs to go. So for our purposes today, I'm going to invite us to use the former uh, definition of false evidence appearing real. Uh, but I do encourage you to remain seated with your seat belts fastened because we may be in for some spiritually enlightening turbulence before we get back to smooth sailing. So hopefully, That will be our experience today. So do you all remember the TV show from the early part of this millennium entitled Fear Factor? Anybody ever watch that? Okay, so it ran from 2001 to 2018, and the original host was Joe Rogan when it was on NBC. So the original show opened up with an introduction that went something like this. Imagine a world where your greatest fears become reality. So, hard stop right there. Uh, That's a misuse of our spiritual faculty of imagination. uh, But that's a different talk for a different day. So let me get back to the, the, the intro. Imagine a world where your greatest fears become reality. Welcome to Fear Factor. Each show, six contestants from around the country battle each other in three extreme stunts. These stunts are designed to challenge the contestants both mentally and physically. If the contestant is too afraid to complete a stunt, they're eliminated. If they fail a stunt, they're eliminated. But if they succeed, they will be one step closer to the grand prize of $50,000. Well, with the exception of the $50,000, that sounds a lot like the year 2020 to me. I don't know if that's how you resonate with that. And usually one of the tests was physical, such as like hanging from a helicopter and picking things up off the ground. And the second stunt was something, some sort of a mental challenge, like being forced to eat something really gross or lie still and be covered with creepy crawlies, if you know what I'm talking about. And the third one was some sort of an extreme stunt that you might see in an action film on television. So the bottom line, is pretty obvious, is that if a contestant conquered their fears, they won the prize. You know... Life is a lot like Fear Factor, isn't it? Because if we lean into and overcome the things that frighten us, there's a grand prize to be had. Most notably, peace of mind or a sense of confidence or achievement or accomplishment. If we try and we fail, well, then at least there's a satisfaction of knowing, hey, I tried. But if we don't even try, there's no way to get the prize the fear wins and as individuals we remain stuck in whatever limiting paradigm or pattern or experience we've been in. So this all raises three questions in my mind. One, what are some of the things that people are most afraid of? Two, why don't people address their fears? And three, how can we overcome our fears and attain vibrant and victorious living. Because that's what we're about here in Unity, right? We are about positive, practical spirituality, tools, not rules, principles we can use so that we might have life and have it abundantly. And the number one thing that keeps us from that experience, I think, is really the extent to which we allow fear to dictate what we're going to do or what we think we can do. So we got to break out of that. And I realize that it's almost a Unity heresy, to address fear from the platform. But again, until we know what we're afraid of, we can't really know how to break free from it, right? We got to know what we're dealing with. We got to know the facts of the matter. And I realize that there are a lot of folks in New Thought who, who would say that if we talk about the problem, then we will simply implant the idea of the problem in consciousness and then it'll become a manifest reality because we've talked about the problem. Well, I completely disagree because if that's the case then every medical person would be a walking sex pool of sickness, every insurance agent would be a walking disaster, and every law enforcement officer would be a walking embodiment of every conceivable crime that could be committed. So I'm all about let's just call it out whatever it is and realize and discover the ways in which we can overcome it, right? So that's what we're about. You know, Jesus once said, and is recorded in three of the gospels, three of the four, you can't put new wine into old wineskins, right? So you can try to put in new thoughts, but if the fear whatever is still there, it's not you're not gonna get too far. And since I am a wine aficionado, I like this analogy. So I want some new wine in my new wineskin. So let's dive in. This is maybe that turbulence I referenced. Good thing we have our seatbelts on. So the first question, what are we afraid of? Well, theoretically, you can be afraid of anything. <laughs> um, common fears include sp- spiders and snakes, which, if you watch Fear Factor, realize made regular appearances. They must have been like on a the, on the list of, of extras, you know, like the movie studios. Hey, I need some, some snakes and some tarantulas. Um, but here's some other major players on the fear circuit glossophobia, fear of public speaking or singing, uh, catagelophobia. One, you may not have known that word, but you know the experience. It's the fear of being ridiculed. Anisophobia, which has two meanings. The fear of criticism. I know I have that one, but yeah, I just got to live with it. Or the fear of committing an unpardonable sin. There's thanatophobia, the fear of death, or the fear of the dying process. You know, that's kind of a downer. And decidophobia, the fear of making decisions. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I'm probably not the only one who has experienced some of these at some point. But then there are the ones that are specific to our setting here in faith community, such as hamartophobia, the fear of sinning, or as we might say in unity, the fear of committing self-induced nonsense. There's hadiophobia, the fear of hell. We've all been, so it's like, yeah, whatever. There's heresy phobia, the fear of, challenge, of challenging the official doctrine. Ecclesiophobia, which has two parts. Oh, and the lights went down. <laughs> okay. Maybe I should just stop here and let's... Yeah, I said H-E double toothpicks. Ecclesiophobia, which is either the fear of churches or the fear of what church represents. And the last one is homilophobia. The fear of Sunday sermons. Well, <laughs> you have all overcome all of those things. So, yeah, you definitely have. And, and those of you who registered online, and that's pretty much all of us here as well, also uncover, uh, by, um, overcame cyberphobia, the fear of computers. So, this is the great news. We can build on our success. So, we're, we are already in the winner's circle. So I'll let Charles Fillmore, co-founder of the Unity Movement, begin to address the second question, why people don't address their fears. Fillmore said, fear is a paralyzer of mental action. And it's true. Have anybody been scared like so much you couldn't do anything, yeah, we've been there. It weakens both the mind and the body. Fear throws dust in our eyes and hides the mighty spiritual forces that are always with us. Blessed are those who deny, that is, release ignorance and fear and affirm the presence and power of spirit. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah, and these spiritual forces include the spiritual tools that we teach. So ultimately, that's what this whole series on Vibrant and Victorious Living is about. It's about denying and releasing the facts that prevent and preclude us from living our best lives, and by affirming and building up the consciousness of capital T truth, the attributes of character and the experience of living from the Christ within or the spirit within. So, but let me give you an example of how this all goes down. So I remember once not too long ago, I was having an issue with my computer. Anybody ever have that? (laughs) <laughs> you know where I'm going. And I thought, oh, my God, I've got a virus. And I thought, oh, oh, holy moly. Now I'm spreading the virus to everybody else, and then they're going to hate me. And then I thought, oh, what if this kills my computer, and I need to get a new computer, and I don't have the money budgeted for one? And then I thought, I'm going to lose all my work. I'm going to lose all my documents. Are they all backed up? Please tell me. I saved my work. Jesus saves, and so should I. And and I'm going to lose everything I just wrote, and I'm going to ruin all my upcoming weddings, and they're going to hate me, and I'm so stupid, and how could all this have happened? Anybody been there? <laughs> yeah, which brings us back to that fear of being ridiculed and fear of criticism. So I'm glad I'm not the only one. So Unity ministers Richard and Mary Alice Jafula, who wrote that, old, that curriculum we had a few years back called The Quest. Well, it's a couple decades now. Uh, I'm at that age. <laughs> as long as we stay in fear mode, it's like being on a battlefield. And there will always be something to fear, another landmine to avoid, another decision based not on what is best for us, but simply on how to avoid what we fear. Then it's so easy for the fears to multiply. They have an insidious way of reproducing, spawning countless arrays of new fears without our being aware. They rob us of a great deal of our freedom, especially our freedom to grow. So, yeah, so why don't we address our fears? Well, because we've been harmed before, and we remember that. Or we've seen others fail, and that image gets implanted in our minds. Or we've been conditioned to fear something without really exploring the matter for ourselves. And interestingly enough, this in psychology is called introjection or an introject. It's when a person internalizes the beliefs of other people. And it's most common when children adopt the beliefs and their fears and the strengths of their parents without even thinking about it. It's like, we've always been afraid of that. I've always been afraid of that. But don't stop to think, am I really afraid of that? Do I really like that? Is this bias or prejudice really something I ascribe to? That's called an introject. And one of the reasons why it's so important for us to do deep discernment work in getting to know ourselves is to come to realize do I re- what do I really believe as opposed to what I've been told to believe or taught to believe this is a great spiritual work that ultimately will lead us to great freedom and great self-awareness so let's look at this third question how can we overcome our fears This is where it gets juicy. This is where the work is. This is the all you gotta do. And the answer is simple. The answer is very simple. It may not be so easy to do if you've been conditioned not to do it, but the answer is very simple in how we overcome our fears. And that's this. We are charged with cultivating the consciousness of curiosity. Curiosity, like the homework that was given to the children at the Unity Animal School in our children's lesson today. We are charged with being curious, find out more information. And so when we look at the things that, of which we are afraid, a question, one place to start is, is why am I afraid of this? What's going on? And to shift the question from how can I avoid this to maybe what is in here for me to learn? What can I how can I grow by leaning into and addressing this? Or even better, how can I see this situation differently? Because there is a power and a presence in each and every one of us that will answer the question we ask. And if the question is, how can I see this differently? How might I experience this differently? What is here that I have not seen or understood before? That's the question that will get answered. And if we apply our energy into engagement rather than avoidance, we open the door to limitless possibilities to limitless growth and knowledge and discovery and curiosity. You know, another way of considering it is, what can Christ in me do in this situation? Because so often, I think, especially when we get afraid, as Charles Fillmore said, get paralyzed by our fears, we stop thinking. We forget who we are Each one of us is an individualized blessing to the world. And it is difficult to give our blessings if we are hiding because we're afraid of something. I feel like a limbing or a -a whack-a-mole. That's how we feel with our fears, right? We feel like whack-a-mole. If we pop our heads up, we're going to hit again. That's why we need to recall and remember who we are in our core in the depths of our being. In Matthew 19, 26, we read, For man, for humanity, for our personalities, it is impossible. But for God, for that living spirit of truth within, all things are possible. And this is what empowers us and reminds us that we can be curious This is what has led every explorer, whether they've looked in the depths of their being or circumnavigated the world for the first time. This is that power that says, yeah, stay curious, find out. This is the power that is leading researchers to find ways to address illness and dis-ease and discord and find answers and opportunities. Because you can't find answers and opportunities if you're avoiding. Can't make a difference if you're hiding. Curiosity asks questions. Curiosity learns to ask better questions. A friend of mine told me about a workshop she went to, and the speaker said, "I realize we may not have answered all your questions today, but I hope we are now asking better questions. With better ans- questions come better answers. Curiosity." leads to creativity. It leads to innovation. And yes, I understand that curiosity may have ca- killed the cat, but that's a cautionary tale for a different talk on a different day. And we will not invite Ms. Wolf or the Unity Animal School to that one. So along with the development of curiosity, there's one other element here we need to address, one change of perspective that can help us all overcome our fears. And that is to replace the word fear with respect. And not as in respect as to pay honor and homage to, but rather to appreciate that the thing that is feared has power. And we can learn to understand and operate with that. It's kind of like snakes and spiders. They, they have some influence. They might bite you and like there's a problem. If you know that, then you can take the measures to live knowing that that's there and it doesn't have to control your life. You see, that's respect. But there's another way that we can lean into this, and there's a saying in Proverbs 1:7 that says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know, that's kind of odd because we teach that God is love and we teach that that love is within us. And so when you read a verse like that, it's, it raises a question. What's going on here? That seems kind of like, 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 like sadistic. You know, like fear and love are the same thing. It's like, ooh, that's crazy. But when you look at the Hebrew root of the word that came into English as fear, it really is respect or reverence. And so if we respect and reverence the divine and learn to understand divine principles and we start utilizing them, then we develop wisdom and we become receptive to instruction that empowers us to live vibrant and victorious lives. It empowers us to stay stay curious and find ways to work with the facts of the day. Case in point, electricity. How many of you respect electricity? (laughs) It is a good thing to respect because if you mistreat it or don't respect it, you'll get very curly hair and start to resemble bacon. But if you respect it, you'll have air conditioning and lights and cell phones and all manner of wonderful things, even a car. So we have the same assignment that they do in the Unity Animal School as our homework. To lean into the things that we fear with curiosity and respect. To know that as we do so, we are engaging them not from our humanity, but from our divinity. Being willing to see even if they bring us a gift or a blessing. Because I believe they will. A colleague of mine once said, do you tell God how big your problems are? Or do you tell your problems... How big your God is. The bigness of the divine is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Trust it, and it will lead you to vibrant and victorious living. Peace be with you. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia every sunday at 9 and 11 a.m or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org we appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive practical spirituality more accessible to all see you next time